This is Unique Radio. Follow us on social media at We Unique Radio. That's We Unique Radio. Check it out, everybody. We back with a new show, Unique Radio. I'm Will Castro, and we got Jimmy and Ricky in the building. Yeah! What's going on, everybody? It's a big week. Uh, it's also a big weekend as well. It's, it's Mother's Day. It's Mother's Day, but it's not uh, the weather is an indicative of the love I have for my mama. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Nice. Why can't this one weekend be beautiful? Uh, there's a lot of mothers out there, and you just want it to be a beautiful day. And they're talking rain tomorrow, too. It's very doom and gloom out here in Long Island, New York. I mean, it's, I mean, they call it Strong Island, but we're not that strong right now. Yeah, weak Island. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's too much rain, man. Every weekend lately, it's been raining. And you know what that does to rain for us car guys? We don't pull the cars out. Nope. Yeah, man. And not just that, but psychologically, it's like if you're in a bad mood or you're going through some stuff and it's rainy and, and cold, it just it brings you down. It's crazy. I'm sure I'm curious if there's like a scientific study about the effects of rain and cold on the human mind because I've been down. I can definitely tell you about that. I'm a very psychological person, right? So I'm looking at people in the car when they're at the light or they're in traffic and it's raining. You could just tell my man is going through a lot of stress. And the weather is definitely not helping the situation. Mm-hmm. Like, have you ever seen a guy where he's holding his forehead, he's scratching his head? My man's got the his like, you know, when the head is like angled up on the glass. Yeah, that's yep. when you know the dude is just pissed off. He's this just guy. Done. Yeah, the guy just cut. Yeah, that exactly. <laughs> the dude is leaning up. He's yeah. like hand on the fist. You know, the wife just called them. The kids, the this, the right. that. There's, there's also like, where are you? I'm like, right. we're in traffic. There's nowhere to go. Bring home milk. Yeah, bring home milk. She told him his uh, copy of Mother Jugs and Speed just somehow disappeared. (laughs) 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 But yo, but but honestly, it's been it's been uh, it's definitely been a wet week. But uh, next week looks like it's going to be really nice. Supposed to be eighty degrees. Maybe we finally get the the lawns cut, the grass cut. I mean, it's 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 shutting down everybody right now. You know, the roof is the the roads the. The landscape is. It's, it's I feel tough for these guys. <laughs> the lifeguards. Yeah. <laughs> it's May and it feels like it's still like February. April well, showers bring May flowers. That's the old well, analogy. The showers or, are running into May. Exactly. Yeah, it's going to be May. It's like what I don't. I don't understand what's going on right yeah, now. Yeah, I think Memorial Day weekends at the you know a couple weeks doesn't feel like it at all. I Absolutely can't believe it. not. I cannot believe it. I feel like there's going to be like it's it's going to be feast and famine or famine and feast where like next week will come and it'll just be Summer. super hot and then we'll be moaning and complaining about how hot we are. So yeah. that's never satisfied. Yeah. yeah. That's coming. That's definitely coming. Uh, but it is warm in here in the studio. It's nice. Yes. It's cozy. Uh, I got my cup of coffee and it. We, let's get right into it, man. There's a lot of stuff going on today. So this weekend... Actually, tomorrow. Right. Not this, not this weekend. So tomorrow is a big day. It's Mother's Day. And, of course, they're having Jeter's jersey retired tomorrow at the Yankee Stadium. That's, that's you know, obviously all the mothers want to go see Derek Jeter. Right. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was perfectly timed. Perfectly. By the yeah. Yankee organization. Yankee I mean, PR. Jeter is like... He is like the king of New York, and I think the king of all baseball. Uh, he, you know, he's Jordan. When the you baseball. have when king you, of booty, yeah, exactly. When you have other, no, 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 no. he's married now. Oh, oh was he, he married? He was. Kid, yeah. 
He was no. the king of booty. Oh, now he's yeah. Now he's not. No, he but definitely uh, the king of baby Bjorns. Yeah. <laughs> what I find very, what I find very interesting is that when you know you've earned the respect in the league, when players from other teams call you captain. Yes. Like that's that's real. Not even yeah. that, but when the last year of your career, every time you go to a stadium for the last time, it's like this whole like victory tour where. They should have given him like a white horse, right. like Napoleon, to just I go around the diamond. He, nah, he's definitely chilling. I mean, I'm just glad I'm gonna be there too. I'm going there with Brian tomorrow. Yes, uh, that's a real big treat. I mean, I got a signed jersey from you know Jeter. So. You want to hear an interesting Jeter story for me? So one night I got out of work and I, it was one of those times where everything's crazy. You kind of lose track because I, I can. I'm a huge Yankee fan. I keep track of sports. I'm but a huge Yankee fan. Yeah. No, I'm a big Yankee fan, a big Nick fan. We just lost a few fan. games in a row. I'm not yeah. too happy about that. Nah, they'll get back on track. They're doing much better than they've done in, in the past several years. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. But one night I got out of work and I look on the ground and there's an envelope. And I just was, it just intrigued me because it looked like someone just dropped it. And I'm like looking around to see if like there was anybody, anyone there. there. Yeah. So I open it and there's two tickets. So I call my boy and I'm like, yo, there's Yankee tickets. Let's go tonight. And he's like, oh, my God. He's like, you know what night it is, right? I'm like, what? He's like, Jeter could break, uh, break Lou Gehrig's record tonight. Wow. I was like, what? And we went and he broke the record and they were legend seats. Nice. nice. So it was like crazy, man. I mean, I was like, wow. Did you get arrested at the at, at the game? No, no, no. <laughs> like, yo, you stole my tickets. Yeah. <laughs> you wasn't a good Samaritan. Right. I showed up with like those up uh, those glasses with the big nose no, and the yeah. mustache on it. Because you know you got to show your ID and stuff when you walk into those seats, right? No, I didn't have to show my ID. No. Nope. Uh, you know what? That's usually when you go to get them uh, at the will call. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, yeah, he already had the ticket. I had so the he t- already good. had them, so you were in. Yeah, I felt bad because. What I, seat number was that? When was you feeling? bad at what point you was feeling bad i felt Only when, <laughs> for about a millisecond then yeah. i was like yeah! <laughs> you had a couple of beers yeah and dude, like it was telling, sweet oh, man. but his career it you know you, the, i love the movie with robert um robert redford the natural where there's that iconic scene where he hits the home run with the, I've got his bad wonder boy it came from like a tree that got struck by lightning <laughs> and it hits the light the light explodes but that was Derek Jeter's entire career. Yes. I mean, every big moment that you could imagine, even to his last game, didn't he jack a homer in his last game? Like, yeah. it's insane how storied uh, and, and just an amazing career that Derek Jeter had. He's, de- he's definitely up there in the all-time legends of baseball, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, 100%. I yeah. think in sports in, in general. I mean, yeah. he just... Uh, Actually, his last number, his single number is the last one. Last single-digit number. That's it, single yeah. digits. There's no one else going to have any single-digit numbers on the Yankees. Right. They're all retired. Exactly. But you know what's really cool, though? Not only is he one of the arguably, not even arguably, I think everyone admits that he is one of the best players of all time in baseball. He's a winner. But he, he's, he's a winner, but he's just a nice guy. Yeah. Like, you hear so many stories about athletes who are, you know, or pain in the ass, or whatever the case may be, or who, you know, don't like fans. They're a pain or, in the ass. Yeah. Well, they're not a pain in the ass, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, every story that you hear about Jeter is a great story. He was amazing. He took time. He took pictures. He but there's definitely... I'm some... glad that they retire his number. I mean, I'm a Yankee yeah. fan. I'm, I'm pretty excited. I'm, I'm just glad that Brian was like, 
you want to go? I'm like, absolutely. Absol- yeah, no, you didn't even I'm think ready. twice I, that was about not that. Even, he was like, man, that was too quick, Will. <laughs> Brian was, from what, Niebuhr? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so you know they're going to be good seats. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It'll uh, be a very good seat. Exactly. But, you know, it's a, you're right. He was a, just – all the other players loved him. It's obviously – he would always refer to Joe Torre as Mr. Torre, very respectful to his teammates. And he, he was the embodiment of a captain. But you know there's a few guys out there who went to the club with their girl, right. didn't go home with their girl because <laughs> Jeter, G, the yeah. curse of Jeter, right. the little bastard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, you don't want that. that nice, nice segue to that. You yeah. snooze, you lose, right? But, uh, yeah, definitely you don't want to be bringing your chick around Jeter yeah, when he was dumb. definitely yeah. single. With, yeah. On you the know, prowl. the stud of the Yankees. Exactly. <laughs> He's like, yo, yeah, I don't think you'd be going home with your chick. <laughs> yeah, so, nah, but big shout out to Jeter. Definitely, it's a big accomplishment. Right. I'm a happy Yankee fan right now. Uh, they were winning. I mean, we lost like four or five in a row. They need to change that shit tomorrow. Right. <laughs> For well, sure. What's up with the NBA playoffs? Because I haven't been following that. The playoffs has definitely yeah. been popping off. Listen, I mean, my boy LeBron and the Cavs, they're just waiting for the next right. series or whoever's going to be. and uh, The East and the West. These these two games that are going on right now, win. these you two gotta, series but are you gotta play useless. The games. You, no, you got to play the games. It doesn't matter. I mean, you know, Washington has a really good team. Um, they just won last night. Listen, it was a great game. I John would, Wall definitely stepped his game right there like, yo, right. We are not, we, we're not done yet. Right. We're not laying it down. Yeah. So Boston got to, you know, they have a do or die game tomorrow. Um, actually Monday, um, and they're gonna have to uh, definitely step their game up to make sure because I, I know Washington's definitely gonna bring it. The right. Wizards, yeah, it's crazy that the Wizards are good. But no, to they me, are, man. They to just, me, what's uh, frustrating is great squad. Man. To me, what's frustrating though is that both of these series right now, we know it's gonna be Cleveland and we know it's gonna be Golden State. Well, that's what it's picked. You like, right. you know, you gotta play the games. You do. You have to play the games. That anything can happen. So. Do I think that it's going to be the Warriors and and Cavs? Yeah, I I think so. And and my pick, I I've been saying it all along. I think it's going to be a back to back for for the Cavs and LeBron. I just think that he's uh, determined. Um, you know, and, and I might be wrong. I'm just you know I'm going for the East. I'm from the East, and I right. just you know I get to watch a lot of those games more. But um, you got you know defense wins games, so you just got to get stops. Right. Now, the Warriors. It, it's hard to stop great jump shots. Exactly. But they do, you know, they do, you know, bounce off that rim. And if that happens, it could be a long well, series. F- for me, I want to see the Cavs win because it's been, uh, it's been amazing to watch LeBron and just his entire career. Because from a, a guy that was a high school phenom, I remember hearing about LeBron when he was not even a senior in high school. And you heard about this kid that's like, oh, he's a, he's a shoo-in for the NBA. And you see so many guys that have that potential that don't reach it. But then seeing him start off in Cleveland and just not having the firepower around him, then the whole decision going to Miami thing and then everyone hated him. And then him going back to Cleveland, that's like unprecedented. You never see stuff like that happen. It's like we talked about Jeter before. LeBron, we could be seeing the same thing because LeBron's someone who stays out of trouble. He doesn't, you know, he's a family man. Great role model. He's a yeah. great role model. So I, I want to see him win because now it's like I'm invested in his story and seeing where it goes. Like I was invested in Jeter. And, you know, I, I, I had a problem until very recently with how things have gone down in the league where, you know, when you talk about like the big three and 
a lot of the guys previous to this generation of basketball players didn't have the ability to do what these guys do. Mm-hmm. Like these guys are creating the teams for themselves. I feel like earlier, That's great. earlier, no, it is, and I I realize that now. When you was but, in high, when you was a, a kid, you know, when you when you picking teams. You're like, no, nah, I want to play with my friend. So right. it, that, that's cool, actually. Unless so, your friend sucked. And right. they were like, Peace. nah. Right. You'd be like, yeah, we'd be like, we'll pick you last. Exactly. <laughs> let me You're going to be on get, the team, but let me make let sure me I make get sure the I other get part three, first. Yeah, let me get my three guys that I know we right. need, and uh, I'll come and get you later. Exactly. <laughs> so, Nepotism. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like, you know, I, I had a problem with that at first. And then I realized, listen, it's great for, it's great for basketball. It's great for the NBA because... Well, I feel bad for the for the teams that can't get those premier guys because, I mean, we don't have those problems. But we always have good. Teams. Is that a player problem or is that an owner's problem? Because here's the thing, and this is what made me realize it. I don't think that there's there are certain teams that the owners have voted, certain cities that the owners have voted to give teams that shouldn't have teams, because if you're a top tier guy. I'm sorry, but you don't want to play in Toronto. You don't want to play in where you, if it's not a big market, Sheboygan? you don't want to play there. Yeah, exactly. So Toronto's nice. I'm not saying Toronto's not nice, but I'm saying if you're a LeBron James and you have the choice to go wherever you want to go, it's not going to be Toronto. But I feel like that's changing. I feel like back well, say about the nineties, free agency. I mean, yeah. that's right. go where you want. I feel like back in like the nineties, it was like everyone wanted to play in New York or L.A., but now it's you know, like uh, Rod Tidwell, show me the money. It's all about ma- the, that money because, look, if you got money, no matter where you live, you'll, you'll, if it isn't nice, right. you're going to make it nice. But if I agree with that, but that only works to a certain extent because I don't have a problem with you going somewhere because that they gave you the better deal, which is great. And if you're only playing for money, that's cool. But who else is going to come to that team with you to help you win unless you're going into a situation where you're the last piece of the puzzle. Do you want to win a championship? Do you want to go to the playoffs? It's hard to do that in a small market. Well, know? these guys are financially set when they, they're in the league for a few years, you know? Right. So at that point, it's not, I don't think it's, these guys ain't thinking That's, about money. They're right. not thinking about finance. That's why I respect a guy like Chris Bosh. They want to win. Yeah, you know? they want to win. They, these guys want to win games. They want to win a championship. The, at the end of the day. That's why I respect a guy like Chris Bosh because he was a guy that was scoring 29, 30 points a game. And when LeBron came to Miami, he was like, you know what? I'm going to go gonna, for the 15. I'll go for the 15 exactly. points or 15 boards. Exactly. Because yeah. I'm going to do what's best for the team and we want to win. So I'm going to take a step back. So if you're going into a situation like that, it's great. But if you're doing that in a small market, it may not work. So that was my realization. I didn't like it at first, but I do realize now that it is great. And, you know, hopefully it spreads the love around a little bit more. And the ratings are amazing. These are the best ratings since since Boston, L.A. Right. Since the you OJ know. trial. <laughs> yeah, But listen, exactly. I'll tell you this, too. It's like, um, but you say something about the Chris Bosh. That's what's going on right now at the at the Warriors. They brought KD in, right. right? Remember, it was Steph, Clay, right, and Draymond, the right. big three there. And now you bring in KD. I mean, Clay was averaging 30, 35 points a game. So right. he's actually taking some of his stats out, and KD's getting those. So it's right. like 
he's sacrificing for the team as well. So, you know, it's more about winning. These guys want to win a chip. Exactly. You know, they want to win that, that championship. So at the end of the day, that's you what can't, it is. You can't blame them for that. No. Because that's what they're here to do. That's, I what, know, that's why they're playing. I know we got to wrap it up, but can we at least address – because I, I didn't even realize that this was going on because... Ricky just I, don't want to keep it rolling. Yeah. No, I do want to keep it rolling, but... You got to edit. I got to... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got work to do. Yeah. But I, I I can't stand the Mets, and I haven't been paying attention to them, but this Matt Harvey thing, it's kind of hilarious to me. I'm sorry. I don't mean to... I, I don't want to kick a man while he's down. Yeah, we don't want to leave the edit thing in there, so you're going to have to yeah. do some editing on that. But okay, let's go right to it. So... Yeah, the Jeter thing. I mean, I'm, I can't wait to go to the game and, and witness that. And uh, Ricky was also mentioning something about the Mets. Matt Harvey, man. So he missed a game, and he got suspended for it because if you have a death in the family or something happens where it's a medical condition or you're really, truly sick yeah. and you miss a game, yeah. that's one thing. But you still have to clear it with the team. It's or like, having a baby. Yeah, if someone doesn't show up to Unique and they don't tell you you're going to be on the prowl, like, where are you at? You know, come to work. I usually right. send Jimmy out. And then you, if, it, if it's not Jimmy, uh, if Jimmy's doing that, then I'm going out yeah. there. Exactly. With, send Jimmy out with a net. Right. <laughs> but so he missed a game and he's suspended. And apparently. No call, no show. Yeah, he's falling apart after spotting his ex, and I don't blame him because Adriana Lima is smoking hot, Victoria's Secret model. Wow! With Patriot star Julian Edelman, and he apparently Harvey played his first game last night uh, against the Brewers in Milwaukee. I don't know if they won or lost because I hate the Mets, but I mean that's pretty crazy because these players. So he was so he fell off like he fell off track because he saw his ex. I mean, I'm. I'm looking at the fact that's that allegedly, right? It's yeah. allegedly, but that's how do they know? That's what I, I mean, taking off. I think what they said they uh, they said on what TMZ that on TMZ they said that um, he the Mets sent someone to his house or something like that. And they, yeah, they're probably worried. They're like, Yo, you this okay? Is, yeah, this isn't something that's normal. If a player just doesn't show up, who yeah. knows? He could be kidnapped and held for ransom. So you're gonna send someone, especially. Harvey hasn't been playing as well, but <laughs> it's still a guy that you're, you're someone, invested in. Does anyone really want to kidnap a Mets player? <laughs> That's I true. I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, listen, I mean, it really stinks that he, he – but listen, I think he, he's 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 talented. He's a great pitcher. Um, but the Mets are having a couple issues, aren't they? Their pitching staff is, on paper is amazing. Are, but no, the closer just had a – I don't know. Uh, he hit his wife. Yeah, he was. Uh, <laughs> he hit his wife. No. Allegedly. <laughs> no, that isn't alleged. He was actually suspended for that. <laughs> Yo, Ricky goes like right into it. Yeah. The guy hit his wife. <laughs> he did. I mean, I'm not. I'm not making it up. Rick I mean, was there. I think they need to focus on baseball. Absolutely. And, and forget uh, all that other stuff. Yeah. Just yeah. Forget about girlfriends and right. Wives. Wives. But as a pitcher, you have to admit, though, as a pitcher, I remember watching on Real Sports a couple weeks ago, they had this whole segment on this condition called the yips. You remember that guy, Rick Ankiel? He pitched for the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah. And and then he just couldn't hit the strike zone. Yeah, Yeah. he had a lefty. He was just throwing the ball everywhere in the the crowd. Mm -hmm. They they gave him a pitching coach. We knew somebody like that. Knobloch? No. Who? I don't want to say. Who, me? No, no. Yeah, I've I've never even seen you throw a baseball before. How would I know? Oh, okay. I mean, I don't know. I think maybe did some Googling. Unbeknownst I mean, I to us. I was a three-star player. Right? Will's a, a knuckleballer. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, uh, I think I remember that guy you were talking about. Yo, and, and Tom, 
I think that was LaRusso a great was documentary. Coach, right? Yep. Tony LaRusso was his coach. Yeah. My man could, you know, he had to take him and say, listen, let's get him out, please. He's going to kill yeah. somebody out here. But speaking of that, and the Yankees, remember Knobloch did the same thing. He couldn't hit first. Remember, he was just throwing it into the crowd. Yeah, Chuck Knobloch. A, yeah, he was a pain in the ass. But there's this. They, <laughs> but he was good for us, though. There's a term in baseball called the yips where it's like this this actual thing that happens where guys just, when it comes to throwing the baseball, they lose their mechanics and they just can't get into the – they can't figure it out. And there's been psychological studies trying to figure out a way to fix it. And with Rick Ankiel, he never pitched again. They ended up putting him out in the outfield, and he actually did pretty good. Yeah, right field, I think it was. They usually do that. When you can't play, they'll throw you in right field. Yeah, right. And then they, somebody will try to find that weakness over there. But if you can play exactly and get it done, and that's what he did. I think he became an outfield afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So looking at Matt Harvey, it's not surprising to me that if he, he I mean, that girl. They're going to put him in right field? Uh, the, the, maybe if they might put him in right field. But, <laughs> what are you saying? What no, are you I'm, saying? I'm, I'm, sa- I'm saying that, like, it's such a psychological position to be a pitcher where you have to just stay focused that. He may have just missed the game because he's just so torn up over this girl where he's just like, I, I don't know if I can go out there. I mean, this girl, this chick could have possibly allegedly. destroyed. Yeah, allegedly. Allegedly. I'm saying, though, she could have potentially destroyed Matt Harvey, who was a superstar in New York that. for think, a small I, amount of listen, time. Man, that just, he's going to get over that. I don't know. That's a but pretty, I'll tell you uh, one thing what the Met fans, Met fans are not getting over. They're like, yo, let's get rid of him. Yeah, <laughs> That's what they I want did him. here. They want him out of here. I'm like, wow, right. this guy. Matt Harvey definitely he won a lot of games for you guys. You if, if, you like to, he, if you listen to if you listen to any sports radio in New York at all, the Yank I mean, I'm sorry, the Mets are the first one to call for someone to get fired. Like yeah. immediately. I've been hearing Terry Collins, they want him out for like three years. Every time they lose, everyone calls up. This guy fire him, fire him, fire him. So because they got a little taste of victory and now they want they want what we have as the yeah. Yankees. Well, we haven't the Yankees. We we're getting there. I think this this kid Judd, this dude is nice. Judge, uh, yeah, Judge. judge is I a call real him field. Judd. <laughs> Mother's jugs, whatever. Right. Mother jugs. <laughs> Listen, I do my own vocabulary right. here, right? So, no, no Aaron nasty. Judge. Just know who he's talking about. Uh, Aaron Judge. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that dude is a stud. My man is hitting rockets. Yeah, that right. guy is no joke. I saw him. It took I a think. little time for them to rebuild. The roster, but I think they're getting, they're finally getting to a place where things are starting to. Well, they, you got to change. You got to yeah, make some do. changes, and and we went uh, with some some young guys. Um, they developed some young guys, and I think they they they're getting it. You know, what I'm saying I, I don't know if they're going to win a World Series this year, but I hope they do. But it's just, but it's going in the right direction because we would definitely. Uh, it's been a struggle. It's funny when you when you yeah. It's funny when you think though about the Yankees. A bunch of people listening to this that are like not yeah. Yankee fans that are Sorry. like, oh, poor you. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what I was just getting ready to say because it's it's very interesting when you think of previous to the last couple of years. And I know there were times that you know the Yankees uh, weren't so great, but for the most part, when you think about the New York Yankees, you think about the best players in baseball. You don't think about a young, a whole new young team. But I think that's why this new young team has kind of captured the imagination of the city because we're so used to having at least one big free agent signing. And right. the thing I find so interesting about this Yankees good team— Good or bad. Yeah, good or bad. sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah. The thing I find so interesting about this Yankees team is that I think that it's kind of— it's, 
not inadvertent by the scouts and the guys that find the young talent, but it's more inadvertent by the front office as far as the Steinbrenners because Hal and Hank, they don't strike me as anywhere near cut from the same cloth as a George. So I feel like this thing has come together based on the A-Rod thing and him. They just want to get rid of him. Then Jeter retired. Then Teixeira retired. So this just kind of happened naturally and it's all coming together and this team could be so you're saying basically that if we're coming back if if george was in (laughs) if george was still in control during that time he probably would have gotten rid of everybody yeah, and started with a new. Yeah, team. he would have shaked the stick real quick. Right. Exactly, and he would have went out and spent money yeah, and he would have did a Trump. Yeah, yeah he would exactly. He would have he would have thrown that money out there and gotten whatever big free agents were on the market. Well, when this situation, just the, the the course of events and how everything happened, now you got this team of young guys who are just they're Yankees and they they're, they're proud to be Yankees and they're 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 playing to their potential and that's an amazing thing because baseball again. How many times have we seen big name guys who've achieved great things in other cities come to New York and just not be able to cut it? So these guys, they're going to be like a Jeter or a Posada that are that are bred in New York. So they're going to be able to thrive in right. New York and become superstars well, we hope in so. the city. I yeah. hope so. That's what yeah, I hope. knock on wood. Seriously. Come on, guys. There's a lot of stuff going on today. We have some great guests coming on. Um, Ricky put a great story uh, that he's going to be putting together here. I, I I hate to say it, but I I definitely knew who James Dean is. Right. But I thought it was like a movie. <laughs> I'm sorry. So I you, didn't know he, you I didn't thought know what he, actually happened to him was part of a movie. Yeah, because the last time I heard of a James Dean is when I was a kid. So I thought it was. Just so you didn't know he died in his Porsche Spider in a car crash. You thought maybe he died of some other like. I thought he like died of old age or something. I don't know. I I didn't know that he actually like. I didn't know that that was. You know, I mean, James Dean is a iconic figure. I know that. My mom loved him. Right. So, you know, there you go. My mom's a lot older than me. So I'm, I was a young kid when I heard about James Dean. I heard that the guy was, you know, like a GQ guy. You know, I saw some pictures. Yep. You know, the guy's a GQ dude, and I thought he just died of old age. I didn't know that when he was in a car that he actually really got into an accident and got killed. I didn't know that until, you know, obviously Ricky putting something together here. I didn't, right. Well, that's the irony about James Dean because... If I remember, if I remember correctly, he only starred in three films, which was Giant, East of Eden, and Rebel Without a Cause, and right. that was the whole thing about him. That was the whole tragedy of James Dean. Like he had this whole career ahead of him. Always a promising star, super promising oh, wow. star. Wow! So he never even hit the, well, the peak. What's wow. real? What's really crazy? At the guy. time that he died, only one of those movies had come out. The other two hadn't even been released yet. So he almost became even more of a celebrity. Because of his death, wow! People became more interested to see what he was going to do. He's like the white Selena. Remember Selena? Same thing. Right. She okay. she okay. released her American or English language album, Selena and then she was, got killed. Right, and then she became like basically a saint after right. she had after death. And it, it, there's an eeriness to that because it's. You know, you think of all the the movies he could have made, just like you think of with Selena, all the albums she could have made, and all. Right. I mean, right now Selena would have probably been like the you know Gloria Stefan two point if she was able to continue. And James Dean, I mean, who knew or who knows what he would have accomplished? I think he would have moved over Steve McQueen. I think, and I don't know, he might have just been competing with Clint Eastwood at that time. Right. Who knows? Who, it, it was crazy. I don't know. If, I don't think anybody could compete with Clint Eastwood. Dirty Harry. I don't know if they no. could do that. 
I don't no. think so either. Nah. That was that movie. That was one of my favorite movies ever. The whole series. They were all really good. Which and one? that's hard to do. The Dirty Harry movies. Oh no, yeah, he's no Clint was that dude. Yeah. Even when uh, what was in the also in the military movie, uh, he did a military movie that he was a sergeant. No, Young Clint Eastwood or old Clint Eastwood? Um, mid mid age. Mid. Yeah, I think it was Stone Bridge or something. What 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 was it called? Heartbreak Ridge or something. Oh, heart. Like yeah, yeah. And I don't think I ever saw that. Oh, he's he's the bomb in that. Yeah. Yeah, my man is no joke. My two favorite Clint Eastwood movies have to. It's a tie between Unforgiven and Gran Torino because it's the complete Gran Torino. Gran Torino really yeah, good. I mean, but yeah. So there you go. If you watch that military movie, yeah, he was definitely. It was much better than that. Yeah, I, honestly, I, I like you know Dirty Harry Clint Eastwood. I'm a big fan of his. My dad loved him. He was just a you know he's just crazy, bro. I don't know. I have a really like I have a really high bar when it comes to military movies and i'm sure it's because it's clint eastwood it's really good because so what's yours i don't think any of i don't think any of them well, are george good. c scott like Patton. no a few good men my all-time uh, favorite see military that, that, movie. that annoys me i like a few good men but i consider that a law drama but it's yeah that military was a movie needs that was, to be right, out so, the field that was, yeah. a court, yeah. that was like a battle i need to see deaths yeah <laughs> yeah guns so you like more of like a um saving private save, ryan yeah, platoon okay. Right. I want to okay. see the horrors of war. All right. I want to know why I'm such a wuss, and I would never do what these <laughs> great men would do. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's dangerous. Because honestly, they always make it look glorified. Like you're like on one side, and they're on the other side. Nah, shit's just bullets are flying from all different angles. Well, now now that you just said <laughs> that, you made me reevaluate my whole like philosophy on that. Because my other favorite military movie was The Last Castle. Which was Robert Redford and James Gandolfini. Oh, I thought you were going to say now Renaissance Man with Danny DeVito, <laughs> since you you don't like any action in the field. <laughs> nice. No, that one's uh, that one doesn't really rank, but that that movie fire. was really good. And Friendly Fire, people get killed in Friendly. Well, fire. that was was that movie with Denzel? Uh, was it Courage Under Fire? That Courage that was a Friendly fire, fire movie. That was good. But the, but it's funny that you're talking about just the whole idea of being in war and bullets whizzing past your head because uh, when I I wasn't on the show last week because I went to go play paintball. And I'm not trying to downplay war, obviously, but it's crazy because, like, with paintball, it hurts when you get hit by one of those things. But you're, like, in a bush with a with your paintball gun. And for me, I'm thinking about, man, like, this is just 1% of being in war. Like, if that. Yeah, if, if, exactly. Right. And like, a movie like Lone, Lone Survivor with Mark Wahlberg about Marcus Luttrell and the guys out in Afghanistan, one of the SEAL teams, getting caught where you're ambushed getting getting um circled from all sides by enemy forces i mean it's crazy when you think about it yeah. and you watch these movies and just again the courage and just the balls on these guys man it's it's insane yeah well big shout out to all the veterans out there trust me because without them we wouldn't be living hell the life yeah that we're living and uh that's why we have freedom exactly so um it, it's just it's it's interesting. We like Will said we had a, we have a great show coming up. We have the series from Rick, um, and then we also have a great guest coming on, uh, Carlos Ramirez from NVS Audio. Carlos, so oh, he's gonna, he's going to be coming on in a few minutes, and um, he's actually coming up right after the break. So we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to jump right into it with Carlos. So hey, stay tuned. My man Carlos gets it done. We'll be back right after this. This segment of Unique Radio is powered by the legendary brands of Harmon International, including JBL, AKG, and Soundcraft. 
Connected Car, Connected Services, Lifestyle Audio, or Professional Solutions, the brands of Harmon International have you covered. Visit them on the web at harmon.com, H-A-R-M-A-N.com. Shop owners, installers, and manufacturers, these are the people that make the wheels of this industry turn. Like I told you, when you come to Unique Radio, we're going to have the best out there in the game. Take your seats. Masterclass is now in session. So, Carlos, man, tell everybody, you know, you're here on Unique Radio. Let everybody know who you are, where you work at, where's your business at. Let me, let me tell you, everybody. We got a serious installer on the line. Like I told you, when you come to Unique Radio, we're going to have the best. And I, you know, see, I'm a big fan of your work. I think that you're one of the best out there in the game. So please let everybody know what's the name of your business and how people can talk about your company. Okay. First of all, thank you. I appreciate the compliment. My name is Carlos Ramirez. I'm owner of NVS Audio in Linden, New Jersey. I have... Uh, been in the business since 1993. That's a long we time. specialize in high-end audio and custom fabrication. We, we we specialize in difficult. We do what other shops can't, what other shops won't. Um, what sets you apart? We, you I've been in game. What what sets you apart? Like, is it the the products? What what kind of lines you carry at your store? Uh, we carry Hertz, Audison, Morel, Phoenix Gold. Rockford Fosgate, those are our major lines. But what really sets us apart is probably the the amount of time that we have invested in, in knowledge and schooling and the tools that we use. We have probably $80,000 in, in testing equipment so we could diagnose all these newer cars and then the audio systems. That way we can properly plan out the attack um, on the game plan of the audio upgrades we're doing the cars. It's something that a lot of these shops are lacking. That's a major reason why a lot of these shops are going out of business. These new cars are being so complicated. I, I personally fly out to training at least two times a year so I can stay ahead of the curve and keep up with the new technology and these newer vehicles. A lot of these shops are still trying to do installs like it's 1995, and it's, it's, it's physically impossible. You can't do it. Where do you go into these schoolings? When you say you go out two, you know, twice a year, where are you going? Um, Mobile Solutions is one of the places I go. Ah, big shout Being out a to partner Brian. with some of these, Brian, yes. Being a partner with some of the best companies in the market, um, Audison has training two times a year. Phoenix Gold has training once a year. I just came back from audio control training. That's once a year. So if if you're linked up with the major manufacturers and you're willing to spend the money because the training is free, but you have to pay to go out there. A lot of these shops won't do that. Training is important. If you're not training, you're not evolving. And this is a technology-based business where six months is basically six years. So So what you knew a year ago is completely irrelevant. Sorry to cut you off there, Carlos. But what I was going to ask was, now that we're talking about new cars, let's just go back for a minute and tell us how you got started in the business. Um, This was never supposed to be a job for me. This, This was a hobby. I've been doing this since high school. So this is the way I paid my way through electronics school. I actually have a degree in electronics. So when I graduated school, I was supposed to get my real grown-up job. I actually went to work for Canon for two years, went to work in a suit and tie every day. But I kept my small garage, and after work, I would work till midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning working on cars. It finally got to the point where it was costing me money to go to my real job. So 
after I, I was just taking days off to stay home and do builds in my garage. Then it got to the point where I was so busy that it really didn't make sense to go to my real job every day. So I put in my two weeks notice and I quit and I just started working on cars. Had to make that power really move. Upset with me. Yeah, my mother's really upset with me. She said, I can't believe you left that <laughs> real job to go play with cars. Hey, my mom did then the about, same thing to me. <laughs> yeah, but you're paying those bills, about, putting in those, putting exactly. in the audio systems and stuff. How old are you? You sound like a young guy. I am 42. Oh, okay. So He's God young. bless. Yeah. Because when I was, I'm 35. When I was in high school, systems was a big thing. Everyone had subwoofers. I mean, I had one good friend who had two subwoofers in the back of his, uh, I forget what car it was. It was like a, a cord, I think. And these things would bump to the point where I remember the first time he, he turned this thing on. It reminded me of that scene in Back to the Future. Remember in the beginning where Marty McFly just hits the guitar and and the two subwoofers in his room just explode and blow him back. I mean, the, these kits that these kids would put in, it was pretty crazy. Now you don't really see that as much anymore. Has it changed that much as far as the type of systems that people are putting in their cars? Well, it's really subdivided now because where it went from two, three, four subs in the trunk and generally everybody was into it, now it's subdivided into the sound cue guys and the sql guys and then the bass guys are into it even more than they ever were like these guys take stuff serious like we build a couple of cars a year and it's not really my thing but these guys are crazy we currently have an Nissan pathfinder in the shop where he modified the entire vehicle put like 15 batteries in a wall of subwoofers when he's done with this car it's going to the junkyard what kind of batteries what kind of 15 batteries what does he have in the yellow tops (laughs) <laughs> that's pretty pricey. No, he's got excess power, the big ones. He's got it took a wow. pallet jack to jack these batteries into the bottom of the truck. Oh my god. It's ridiculous. God. We're sitting there talking about it. I'm like, "Do you understand what what you're He's like, "I know. I want to do it." I'm like, "Okay." I hope he has stick We're talking. <laughs> we have to upgrade the suspension. He added, I think, 3,000 pounds to the vehicle. Jeez. Wow. That's a lot of weight. That's serious. Yeah. That's that a is lot serious of weight. weight. Yeah, definitely. Without a doubt. Is that one of the bigger jobs you've had to do recently, or is it just more of a unique type of, a different type of job than, than people usually ask for? That's different. Most customers don't come to us for that kind of work. We're known for more of our high-end stuff. We're currently doing a Chevelle SS 1967 convertible, where just in equipment, he's upwards of $40,000. So he's got about $200,000 into the car. He purchased all the equipment before he met me. He went to a few shops, didn't feel comfortable with them, made a few phone calls, and then he found us. Wow. So That's we're a in nice labor, ticket. we're into the build about twenty grand. So nice. um it's it, it's I'm honored to be part of the build. It's crazy, it's meticulous. He's running it's only the third Audison thesis venti amplifier I've ever touched. Wow. The amplifier's fifteen thousand dollars by itself, and that's one of the four amplifiers that's in the car. That, that is, is incredible. That's that's crazy. And, and listen, people. If you're listening to Unique Radio right now, let me tell you, we got one of the best installers in the country. Carlos, let them know. Like, I mean, that was amazing just to me that you was one of the top installers in the country. And, you know, explain that a little bit to us as well. And, and you know, the audience that doesn't know. Okay. Um, Mobile Electronics Magazine, every year they uh, have uh, voting. So you can vote for the top 50 and the top 12 installers and the shops in the nation. I've been blessed for in the past 10 years. I've made top 12 shops and top 12 installers across the entire United States. Um, it really helps because I'm able to network with all these people. It's, it's great competition, but even better than that, 
it's great to be honored for my work. It's great to be recognized as one of the top installers. I'm just honored to be on the list with these guys because these are really, really good guys. They're passionate. We don't do what we do for the money. I, if I'd stayed with Canon, I'd probably make more money than I make now, but I'd be miserable every day. We're passionate about what we do. Well, th this is a dying industry. The industry is really going away. Without people like Will adding to the industry and, and bringing back excitement, there's there's really every, everything is going away. It's getting more difficult. People are getting frustrated and giving up. So the industry awards really means a lot. It shows that people still care. People are still paying attention. And then the top guys in the industry are recognized, and it makes it we, – we actually fly out to Texas every year. That's where they have the awards in August. We get to meet each other, have a nice dinner. We get to network. So it works out really good because we get to refer clients. If one of my clients moves out to another state, there's people I can reach out to that I know that are as good as me or better that I can refer the client and know that they're going to be taken care of the same way I would take care of them and that the job's going to get done the right way. And when they do the same thing, when a client moves out on the East Coast, they know that they can refer them to me and the job will be done properly it's 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 a great network that we've built for ourselves and the awards is just a small little part of what we do but it helps everybody get better competition is good for everything it helps us compete against each other while helping each other and it also helps us come together and meet and network and talk as a group well let me tell you that's how i met that's how i met carlos uh one of my team unique members was sage and is sage he's always going to be unique and sage was like hey well if you ever get jammed up and you need something, right, and I'm not around, make sure you call Carlos. I refer him, I re, you know, respect him, and I trust him. And when you say that, and like he's talking about with a network, that's what you want. You want to be able to be, tr you know, obviously we want to be able to trust anybody that's working on our clients' cars and you can refer them. So when, when Sage said that, and Sage is one of, uh, he's a, another great installer in this industry, um, and he, you know, he was there and he was like, Yo, well, you got to go Carlos. He will definitely make it happen. So that's how I was able to meet Carlos. And once I met him personally, he's a family man, great guy, and he's a great businessman. And I'll tell you, you know, he's a fair guy. And, 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 and I'm telling you, he's very knowledgeable. So now and he, oh, talk about your team, too, like. Even your team, the guy that you brought out, and I apologize, I, you know, it was so late. <laughs> I had Carlos come out like around midnight one time. I said, listen, I need you to wire this thing up for me. So it was real late. What was your friend that came out, one of your guys that was with you that day? You're talking about Alan. Alan's been with me for 12 years. Yes. Alan, I apologize. Alan, you are the bomb. He was out there. He was my man was in there with uh, with Carlos and they were just getting it done on one of my Jeeps. Nice. <laughs> Carlos, what do you think? I know you mentioned that you said this is a dying industry. What what in your opinion um, is, is causing that? Well, there's a couple of things. When when me and Will started in this game, it's it didn't matter how much your car cost. It mattered. It mattered if you were able to build your car and make it unique and make it different from another car, what you could squeeze in there, what technologies. Now it's all about having a brand new car, air ride suspension, wheels, and that's it. That's that's as far as people go. Nobody really customizes the car. People don't really take the car apart. They go on internet, internet forums and go, oh, they're doing this, doing this, doing that. I buy this part off Amazon, that part off Amazon. So it completely cuts the professionals out of the loop. Back in the day, you had to go see a professional, sit down, talk to them, come up with ideas. Now they'll watch a YouTube video order the parts on Amazon and think they could do it themselves and call it a build. Yeah, they think there's, they can watch unique rides. I mean, they think they can watch unique rides or West Coast Customs or 
you know, a Dave Kendrick show or something like that, and, and they think that they can actually do the car. But there's so much that's involved that people don't realize um, how much work really goes into this craft. And and they think that they that everyone in the industry is making a lot of money, but there's not a lot of money being made. It's basically a lot of work and passion that's being put into it. And they don't see the long hours. I mean, I mean, people don't understand that, you know, with electronics, something may take about an hour or it can take maybe 20 hours. You don't know. You know, it's just like sometimes things, you know, the configurations or whatever it may be, it may be a bad product. It, it just anything can happen. It's electronics. Right. I mean, Carlos, can you elaborate on that or no? Oh, definitely. I agree 100 percent. Like um, the, to figure something out will take 20, 30 hours. And then once you figure it out, somebody will go and post it on the Internet and then somebody will take it and copy it and do the job in an hour. But they don't realize what it took to get the information to get to that point. And then when something goes wrong, they can't figure it out because they didn't take the steps that it took to get it to that point. We just had a Harley that we just delivered. The bike kicked my butt for a week. We've done hundreds and hundreds of Harleys. And we did it the same way we've always done it. And it, the bike just didn't sound good. Didn't sound good. Didn't sound good. So brought the bike back in, ripped it apart. We changed everything. Still couldn't get it to sound good. It turned out it was the lids that the customer purchased and supplied us. The way the lids were designed were causing cancellation from the speaker on the inside of the lids. If I didn't take the time to take it apart and go through every single step and hook it up to the computer and analyze it through the RTA, I would have never figured it out. But it's, it's one of those things where you don't give up. This is what we do. We're professionals. Had to figure it out. Client left, needs it for a show tomorrow, finished it this morning. How frustrating can that be? How frustrating is that when you know that you're doing almost everything that you can and you want to make your client happy and it's just like you're, you're coming into roadblocks? And that, like, you feel like you're getting into debtors. How frustrating is that? Like, you have to explain that to these people because they think it's this this is an easy job, and it's not. You have to, there's a lot of practice, and even though you may be a professional, sometimes something happens. I lose a lot of sleep over it. I take pride in my work. It doesn't matter whether I get paid or not. If the job doesn't come out right, I can't sleep. I can't eat. It's just the way I am as a person. And I'm not used to getting beat. I'm not used to letting cars beat me. But um, there's there have been a few times where I, I haven't been able to do it and a few times been pushed, pushed over the edge. Luckily, it doesn't happen a lot, but it happens. And it's, it's a technology-based business. People don't understand. We're building stuff that wasn't there before. So it's not like it's, it's we're, we're creating something for the client. So they give us an idea of what they want. It doesn't mean it's possible. We're going to try. We're going to try and build it. We're going to try and make you happy. But it's not like... It's not like there's a textbook that says, well, this is what the customer wants, do this and this. We're creating something that was never there. We have to build a structure, make it safe, make it sound good, make it look good, make sure that, that the car cooperates, make sure that we have enough current, make sure we're not damaging the vehicle, make sure the vehicle is safe after we're done. There's a lot of things. At the end, when it looks cool and it sounds great, it's awesome, but there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes. Like when the car goes back to the dealer, they have to be able to service the car. Like when a dealer looks at the car and complains about nothing that I did, I know I did a good job because it's easy to please a client. It's easy to make it sound good. Is the car still a car? Is the car still serviceable? Is the car still safe? Yeah, Carlos. Dealers hate anything, anything aftermarket. Oh yeah, hundred percent, without a doubt. Carlos, elaborate that on, uh, elaborate on that a little bit. Tell, tell, uh, let us know what some of the you know the newer cars that are out right now, and the computer systems. 
What are some of the what are some of the problems that you could run into if you have no idea what you're doing? Which is the car vehicle? to stay away from? <laughs> Basically, like, yo, do not put a well, system in that vehicle, please. A lot of the higher end cars, we already know. All the Range Rovers, higher end BMWs. We just did a BMW Seven Series, brand new, 2017. Oh, Customer God. comes in, we have to do a radar in the car, and um, he actually <laughs> bought the car because I recommended it. That's another thing that blows my mind when clients come in and they purchase cars that I can't even afford, and they ask my opinion. So he had an S-Class. He was bored of it. He's like, what should I buy next? I said, uh, the new 7 Series is pretty nice. That's all I said to him. The next day, he comes to the shop. He's like, I got the 7 that you recommended. I need this, this, that, and that. I'm like, excuse me? Yo, so where you yeah, at? Like, hold on, hold on. Is Linden, I went and bought it. Yo, yo, so is Linden like, you know, like the Beverly Hills of Jersey? Well, he's not from Linden. He's from New York. <laughs> they, oh, they commute. He's from so Manhattan. They, so, they, oh, so they definitely they they actually coming to search you out. They actually they they coming to make the you know the drive. Seek you out. They coming to see you. We have, yeah, we have four cars in the shop with New York plates on right now. Oh, so they coming over it's, that it's, bridge. It's, Some clientele. We, we have a real niche business because of our reputation. We get cars. I had um, we had a brand new SRT8 Cherokee that we built for a client that we have in Russia. I've never met the person face-to-face. We built five cars for him. He sends his broker down. We talk, sign the deal. Car gets dropped off on a trailer. We build the car. Trailer comes, picks up the car. We just built a Porsche for Audio Frog and Audio Control. Never met the owner of the car. They asked me if I wanted to be part of the deal. I said, yeah, of course. Car showed up on the trailer. Two weeks, we built the car. Trailer picked up the car and took it away. It's like cloak and dagger audio installs going on down there. So he is making it happen. Yeah. Trust me. So Carlos, we no, get to see. Going like, back to the question that you asked. Yeah. These high-end cars, of course, they're more difficult to do. But believe it or not, the new Hondas are being a pain in the butt. Wow. Honda added a active noise canceling system that makes the car quieter. Wow. But whenever you add a subwoofer to the car, whether it's 2014, 15, 16, or 17 Honda Accord, it actually creates feedback in the system when you add a subwoofer. So you have to go in and disable the noise-canceling mics. They've been using the system for like seven or eight years. In the beginning, it was easy. You just disabled the noise-canceling system, and it was fine. Now you can't do that because the same microphone that picks up the noise-canceling also works for the Bluetooth. So if you disable it, the Bluetooth no longer works in the car. Is that every Honda, so or that's a particular Honda that, you know, like a high-end Accord or something like that? Like is Every that new Honda Accord, every Acura TL, every Honda Odyssey. So if you don't know how to disable the noise-canceling mic while still keeping the Bluetooth active, you're not going to be doing it. I'm talking a simple subwoofer upgrade. You won't be able to do it. Wow. Do they do that on purpose? Because I, if you look in the world of computers, the Apple computer is infamous for – when Steve Jobs was building it, he w- didn't want people to go in and, and mess with it and be able to have um, hobbyists change the design of the computer. So he put little booby traps in there that if people tried to go in there, they'd basically destroy the machine. Do you think that deve- that, that developers, um, audio auto manufacturers are intentionally putting roadblocks for you guys to kind of you know throw a, uh, throw a wrench in it? A little bit. I don't think I don't think they're doing it intentionally, but they're definitely not making it easier for us. Yeah, they're not because making it definitely easier. You can get the subwoofer from the factory and it works because it's added to the system so the car knows what it is, so the car won't try to cancel it out. Once we add an aftermarket one, the car doesn't know what it is. And to the car it's noise, so it automatically tries to cancel it. I don't think they're doing it on purpose, but they're definitely not trying to help us. 
So when you when you when you run into a problem like that, what do you then do? Do you say, all right, now we have to add a, a aftermarket Bluetooth uh, system to that? If it's if the, if well, the mics also use luckily the I go to training, so companies like Audison and Audio Control make us aware of these problems before we run into them. That's so amazing. I have to do my job on the sales floor and let the customer know that the typical installation is this, and then to counter this, it's going to be an additional X Y Z. Because if I don't explain it up front, when the problem arises, I have to fix it and I can't charge for it. Right. That's that's really good. What do you think the biggest shift in uh, car audio trends are right now from the time that you started until what's what's happening right now? What do you think the biggest shift has been? Um, right now, the biggest thing is collision avoidance. Um, all the technology that comes in the new Teslas and BMWs and Audis um, for lane change and lane departure. All that stuff is available aftermarket now. So customers that aren't buying these high-end vehicles want this technology in their regular Honda Civic, Honda Accords, uh, Toyota Camrys. That's the the collision avoidance and driver safety is the hugest, largest growing part of our industry right now. Good to know. Where do you you get that information from? Do you get that at least from your your trainings or like your networks of the different uh, conventions? Both. We just came from DAS training, which was in Atlantic City last month, and there was about 30 booths. 10 out of 30 were dedicated to collision avoidance. Wow. Wow. Yeah, the artificial intelligence, when I was at the uh, auto show, we were doing interviews because we did a, a bunch of shows from there. A lot of the people that I talked to for the various uh, manufacturers were saying that artificial intelligence is the next big wave, and it's pretty crazy because... You said you have a degree in electronics. It's getting to the point where you're going to have guys in your field having to get like degrees from MIT with this AI that's in these cars <laughs> right now. They're so advanced. I agree. <laughs> so but let me. It's huge from Apple CarPlay to Android Auto to collision avoidance. It's every single one of my vehicles has an iPad in the dash. I have five or six different vehicles. Every single one has an iPad in the dash. We, I guarantee you, we do the most iPad installations in the state of New Jersey. It's, it's because I realized years ago when the iPad Mini came out that you can install a $2,000 Kenwood navigation head unit, and in six months it will be obsolete. Mm-hmm. Wow. So with the iPad, it, it'll, it completely eliminates that. Right. The mapping software it. is up to date. It gets updated. Right. You can download. If you don't like the native mapping app, you can download whatever app you want. I run Waze. Google Maps, Apple Maps, uh, I run Tidal, Pandora, YouTube, all at the push of a button, all in my dashboard, and it's it's updated monthly. It's never, ever, is every new head unit comes out, it's completely relevant to me because I run digital audio into my processor to my amplifiers, and my source unit is my iPad. Now, th- when I hear that, I'm hearing upsell. That means you're telling me don't buy the head unit. And you're saying, hey, listen, we can do a phenomenal system and you could still have all the techni- technology that you want out of your iPad. And it's going to sound great. And it's going to sound great. It. And you're going to have the ways and this and that. So you're basically not selling the head unit, but you can actually put them into the iPad. Is that correct? Exactly. I'm selling the iPad labor. You bring me the iPad. Th- that's what I was going to get to. So now work with your factory audio system. That that I, I think that's a smart that's a smart play. And then basically, what is something like that? Like obviously instead of spending, like you said, two thousand dollars for the head unit, what is the labor in that? About a thousand? 
Uh, we get about 1500 There you go. So it goes into the shop. That's what I'm saying. Right. So basically, it's labor yep. intense. You get the labor. And it's and better. That's one thing I, that's one thing I know about Carlos. Basically, he, he is basically going to be able to control that. And it's gonna it's gonna sound great. He's gonna tell him he suggests to go. You can go. Carlos will be like, listen, you could buy the head unit, and that's fine. But you're gonna be limited because the head unit only could do so much. Right. And in I'm six months, to, it's yeah, not gonna be good. Exactly. And that's what I think that. Right. Uh, and you am can, I right, Carlos? Or no. You're 100 percent correct. And that's the way. Because I know as a customer, if I was coming, I'd be like, man, that's great. Because I hate when technology doesn't live for a certain amount of time especially with computers it's like right. every, every other day it seems like with whether it's phones or or pcs or even ipads or whatever it, it feels like you're always kind of in that constant pursuit of right. the next level tech the only thing that mm -hmm. i would i would i would definitely question on that the only thing i would question is man what about if i don't always want to have like this dashboard look with the any uh the mini ipad connected in the dash like i don't know if i w want that all the time that's the only thing so how do you what would you tell your, your customer like say i'm your customer say hey listen i really don't want to look at an ipad all the time like you know i want to look at the traditional seven inch or the eight inch screen in the dash you know, now I'm looking at an iPad all the time. Well, couldn't couldn't you modify it clients so like you get a frame? We had clients like that all the time. The Porsche that we just did was a classic Porsche, so obviously you don't want a 2017 looking grafted into the dash. Mm -hmm. So we did a hidden magnetic mount under the dashboard. We did a Sony Bluetooth radio in the glove compartment that has an app that lets you control the radio from the iPad. So if you flip a switch, the magnet mount comes out. You attach the iPad with a magnet to the bottom of the dash, so it's not permanently attached to the car and you control the Sony head unit hidden in the glove compartment from the iPad. It controls CD, volume, USB, Sirius, everything from the iPad. It does your navigation software, and then when you're done, you flip them out, and you take the iPad with you. The stock radio is still on the dash of the car. The car is 1960 Porsche. It still looks completely stock. You can't tell we did anything to it. Wow. Let me tell you something. We're giving you some serious insight here on Unique Radio. Let me tell you something. He is giving you a crash course on how to sell and upsell your client and give your installer and tech more work to do so the money goes back into the shop and the revenue and the income is coming back into the shop instead of buying something in a box and just putting it in. Just letting you know, this is labor intense. You got to know how to do that. And obviously, Carlos, uh, Carlos you, sorry, you, you know that you've been doing this a long time. So please don't try this at home unless you have training. Right. The, the, big, <laughs> the, biggest, the biggest thing I got out of this is education this is, is very deal. important. Well, Jimmy, when you interviewed Chris Dragon from JBL Harmon last week, what was the one technology? Because I don't want to I want to do it justice that he was talking about with, the, you know, the um, the JBL portable speaker. Right. Or, or subwoofer, and then he the new technology of being able to put that in your car. I thought yeah, that so, was really cool. So it's a dockable. It's a it's called the Base Pro. Um, I don't remember the exact model, but it's it's based on one that's out right now. So basically, it's a mini uh, subwoofer that can go under a seat. It's very low profile, but great sounding. What they're doing now is because of the tech. Everyone wants to bring their music with them, mm. so everyone has you know a, a pill, a capsule. Whatever it is that you have, so they've you created said a pill. A pill. Beats a pill. pill. <laughs> exactly. Uh, coming in the car with a pill. 
gonna hide them pills. Yeah, them exactly. <laughs> uh, so everyone has one of those. So they said, "Hey, listen, let's let's combine the two. So now you have a great sounding subwoofer in your car, and when you get to wherever you're going, it undocks and it becomes a full Bluetooth speaker. So it's it, it sounds great. It's coming out soon, and I think it's going to be an amazing. Product. That's awesome. But let me so so Carlos. Uh, Explain to, to the to the to the listeners, right? What is something like that? How long does that take to do though? You you threw me off like with the whole glove box, wire it to this with the magnetic, the this, the that. How much how long does that take? A couple of days? I mean, like honestly. That's not something you could do in, in a couple of hours. Be, no. In order to be profitable, we have to get it done in two to three days. Okay. And the most of the time, um, it's painting that takes most of the time building it and the body filler and grafting, I can get that done in a day. But um, unlike, I'm not talking down on anybody, but um, there's a lot of people doing iPad mounts, and they paint it in-house with a spray paint can. We don't do that. We use the body shop because we want a durable finish because customers can have their keys in their hand, they're scraping against it. So when we do our iPad mounts, it's actually painted professionally and primed in a body shop, cleared and buffed in a body shop, so it takes a day longer. But the finish is going to last a lot longer because it's just like the paint job on your car. If you get a scrape or a key across it, you can buff it out the right. same way as if you get a scratch on your car. So we could do it faster if we painted it in-house, but we wouldn't be delivering a better product to our client. So on average, it takes about three days for us to do an iPad mount. But if a customer is spending upwards of $1,000, $3,000, they have a second vehicle, or we actually pay for a rent-a-car. Rent-a-car for three days is $99. Got it. Yeah, that's so. The it's way all about the customer so service. One hundred percent. Yeah, it's always it's always about service. To be honest. So, Carlos, I have to ask you this because we all get this question all the time. What do you have in your personal vehicle? What kind of equipment do you have? Yeah, what are you driving anyway, Carlos? Tell me what you're driving. <laughs> I, I I forgot. You I don't know what the came, master has. Here, I don't know. You came up here in the evening. It was late, so I forgot what you was driving. <laughs> Um, what I drive most of the time is my 2005 Nissan Titan pickup because I remember I have an Audi convertible and I was going to do this big, huge $15,000 audio upgrade in my Audi. And then I'm <laughs> thinking about it. I'm like, wait a second. I only drive this car like 10 times a year. I'm like, I drive my pickup <laughs> truck every day. How about we switch this around? Right. So then I ended up doing the big audio build in my Nissan pickup. It's a full Audison three-way setup, active three-way components, Full DA, Voce amplifiers, iPad in the dash, running through a Pure i20 into my Audison Bit 1. So it's all digital from the iPad into the processor, into the amplifiers, completely digital. Then I have the new Sony high-def radio in the armrest. So it plays flock files. That's optical into the Bit 1. Wow. I also have a new, Will's favorite, and Will does a ton of them, a new Jeep... uh, Jeep Wrangler Unlimited four-door, yep. lifted, 35-inch tires that has a full Phoenix Gold audio system, Stinger batteries, Phoenix. four amplifiers, three-way components. I built, I'm, I'm big on three-way components, so I built custom A-pillars for the Phoenix Gold three-way components. It's got the brand-new Phoenix Gold processor in it, four eight-inch subwoofers. Um, the cover for the subwoofers looks like the front of the Jeep, lights up, LEDs. Customers love it. Wow. Yo, he gets it in. I have, my, he gets I have in. a smart car convertible that has all Audison Prima in it. Um, Prima amplifiers are small. They fit in your pocket. Smart cars are small. So I love sitting customers in the car. 
because it's my, uh, you can do a huge build and still go grocery shopping type. All the equipment's hidden. Very when you're looking nice. back, you don't see anything. Subwoofer's under the glove compartment. So customers hop in. They can't believe that the car is a full audio upgrade and there's nothing in the trunk. So the you actually have these? Good. It's running. Do you have these cars sitting at the garage, like at your shop, where you can show these to customers, or you just bring them back from the crib and you show it to them when you no, need to? No, they're all, they are all at the shop. How do you think nice. I sell, Will? That, I, I, I already know. <laughs> this, I know you're getting it I in. I know you're getting it in. Hey, sir, let me show you this. You, I got the answer for you. <laughs> Hold and up. And I can show pickup it to truck you in. right here. You got the pickup truck. We got this. We got the convertible. Whatever you need, we have you covered. Believe me. Whatever you pull up in is what I'm showing you. See, well, listen to me. It's really yeah, no. great to have you on our new show, Unique Radio. You know, we're honored. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, you know, we need more guys like you in the industry to keep this industry going and make it alive. Um, you know, I can't wait to come out, you know, out there and go see you. But please let everybody know where they can find you, uh, all your digital uh, platforms from Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Please let them know where they can find you. Okay, our website is simple. It's nvsaudio.com. Our Instagram is nvsaudio, and our Facebook is also nvsaudio. We post pictures every day. Uh, if you follow our Instagram and our Facebook, we post builds every single day. We are that busy that we have something cool to post every day. I, I, t I do the post myself. I take pride in that. I try and make sure that we always have something cool and exciting and new to show clients um luckily we're blessed and we don't work on that many boring cars we don't turn work away but we're known as the hiring shop in the area so people don't really bring us 500 hundred dollar cars to work on we have a tesla in the bay right now we have a 67 chevelle convertible running about 1500 horsepower Damn. we just delivered in 1960 wow. lincoln continental yesterday we have a 1965 cadillac el dorado in the bay now getting a huge audio upgrade um, we have a 350z in the bay and we have another Harley Davidson coming in tomorrow. Wow. Well, it sounds like you are we blessed. You sound like you are very blessed. And let me tell you something. Sherwin knows who he is. Like, yo, you Sherwin. know, we, you know, we got our Sherwin, we got Rem, we got Sage, you know, we got the fellas. So, you know, it's just it's always giving back to the industry because this is I mean, anytime I have a issue, a question, Carlos is always there. I could just call him. Yo, see, what up, man? Hey, yo, Will, how you doing? How's everything going out there? I mean, he also just, uh, you know, he also just shuts things down, too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I appreciate that, Sia. You know that. And, uh, you know, thank you for always uh, supporting Unique, and thank you for being on our show. Thank you. Thank you for everything you do for the industry. I appreciate it. Thank you. Unique Radio is powered by Oracle. Oracle has a product range where you will find many of the top brands encountered in the target industries of graphic film, reflective sheetings, and industrial purpose adhesive tapes. Visit willcastro.com and click on the Oracle banner to get a sample card with the newest unique colors by Will Castro. The Oracle brands are known and trusted in the industry for their consistent high quality, backed up by years of industry experience, top customer service, and excellence in meeting market requirements. Visit them on the web at orifolrestyling.com. These are interesting, intriguing, thought-provoking stories that exist outside the normal lane. Let's get you up to speed. These are Tales from the Glove Box. The name James Dean has become synonymous with film. Many fans of cinema know of the legendary career of the actor that starred in films such as Giant. Yo, Thoreau. 
and spend a time with Burke and Burnett was all, all I was, didn't Well, I'm here to tell you it ain't, boy. It's here. And there ain't a dang thing you're gonna do about it. And Rebel Without a Cause. You're tearing me apart! What? You, you say one thing, he says another, and everybody changes back again! And a lot of people know the unfortunate fact that his life and career was cut short when in 1955, he was the victim of an automobile accident in his Porsche 550 Spider. And here's the story of the car behind the death of James Dean that many believe to be cursed and even dubbed the name Little Bastard. During the filming of Rebel Without a Cause, James Dean, who was an avid car fan, had upgraded his car from the 356 to the 550 Spider and wanted to customize it to suit him. So Dean hooked up with George Barris, who is a big name in the movie car scene, and had him do a customization on the Porsche Spider. It had tartan seats, two red stripes over the rear wheels, and 130 plastered on its door and the hood and engine cover. But it was the name Little Bastard that was given to the car by his language coach on the films, Bill Hickman. And it was also eventually painted on the car by master pinstriper, Dean Jeffries. Here's where it gets interesting. You know the movie Star Wars? Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars. Obi-Wan Kenobi. The actor that played him was Alec Guinness. And on September 23rd of 1955, Jeffries and Guinness were outside of a restaurant and Dean wanted Guinness to take a look at the spider. Guinness got a weird feeling and told Dean that the car appeared sinister. I have a bad feeling about this. And he actually told Dean, if you get in that car, you will be found dead in it by this time next week. And creepily enough, seven days later, Dean would be killed in the car that he loved so much, Little Bastard. Ladies and gentlemen, we have just received a special news bulletin. One of Hollywood's brightest young stars was killed early this evening along California State Highway 466. A head-on collision took the life of James Dean. Now, Dean wasn't the only person who was affected by Little Bastard. It killed him, but it also killed and maimed others who had come in contact with it, causing many to believe that it was cursed. Eventually, it was George Barris, the guy who actually did the customization in the first place, who bought the wreckage and remnants of Little Bastard for $2,500. And then, to add insult to injury, literally, soon after he purchased it, it slipped off the trailer and broke the leg of a mechanic. It wasn't long after that when Barris had sold parts, such as the engine and drivetrain, to Troy McHenry and William Eshrin. And the reputation of Little Bastard continued to grow in a negative sense. When the two were racing against each other, both cars having parts from the Little Bastard, McHenry had lost control and ended up hitting a tree. He died instantly. And Eshrin was seriously injured when his car locked up out of nowhere and rolled over while going into a turn. Barris still was in possession of two tires that remained from the 550, which were ironically untouched in Dean's accident. He ended up selling them and, as should come as no surprise at this point, had both of them blow out simultaneously, causing the new owner's car to run off the road. Keeping the car in his possession, minus the parts that he had sold, Barris had unfortunately caught the attention of some thieves, but as everyone else, the thieves fell victim to the curse of the little bastard. One of the thieves' arms ended up being torn open while trying to take the steering wheel, and the other had been injured as well, trying to remove the bloodstained tartan seat. Freaked out by all of the bloodshed and carnage caused by the little bastard, Barris made the decision to hide the car away, but ended up being convinced by California Highway Patrol to lend over the infamous yet historic car to a highway safety exhibit. And this doesn't end, it gets worse. The first exhibit was really not the big success, not just because of the fact that people weren't interested, it was actually because the garage that it was housed in mysteriously caught fire and burned to the ground. And incredibly and mysteriously, the car suffered virtually no damage 
salvaged from the fire that incinerated everything else. They moved the car to an exhibition at a local high school, which ended abruptly when the car fell off of the display and broke a nearby student's hip. The curse of Little Bastard ended up continuing as it was being transported. The truck that was carrying it lost control and it caused the driver to fall out and somehow the driver got crushed by the car after it had fallen backwards. The Little Bastard ended up falling off of two more transport trucks during travel on the freeway, but it, in this case, fortunately, it didn't injure anyone. And at this point, the California Highway Patrol decided it had enough of the Little Bastard's antics. And while transporting the car back to Barris, the Little Bastard mysteriously vanished and has not been seen since. While there are stories and tales of a single piece of James Dean's infamous car, the 550 Horse Spider that was dubbed the Little Bastard, currently resides at an auto attractions museum in Illinois, I think we better leave well enough alone because this story of the Little Bastard and the curse of the car that kills James Dean is enough for anyone with half a brain to steer clear of this infamous car. Hey, listen, let me tell you, Ricky, that was a great piece, man. I, I didn't know how passionate james dean was about this little bastard he loved that car and it's crazy because when i was researching the story it was i, I had to double and triple check the sources because it's just the amount of stuff that this car put people through yeah. it's insane i, I and mean not just the car itself but pieces of the pieces car. of the car. not even the whole car yeah and and look i consider myself superstitious and i believe in certain things that other people may think are kind of kooky but to me this car if, you, if you're gonna bring up any sort of evidence as something being cursed i don't think you could find anything else as far as positive evidence to show that this car was just there was something going on there well to your point i'm not superstitious at all and i don't believe in any of that stuff same but here when all i right. when i look at the evidence of all this of all the carnage and damage that pieces of this car have caused to not only James Dean, but pretty much everyone who's touched it at some point the has been yeah, the injured. Mechanic, right? The guy's leg almost broke or something. The mechanic. Mechanic. Thieves. Uh, some kid at a high school who's just at the wrong place, wrong time, car fall on Just that particular car, though, right? But that car's yeah. in a museum now, so how can that? No, no one knows where it is. Yeah, it just disappeared. Oh, wow. It's, that's that's what's really creepy about it, the way the story ends. Right. It's just it, it's almost like a Twilight Zone episode. But and, you, it, and it's also weird that when it was at the at that the first exhibition and the building burnt down and everything burnt down around it, except for the car. Was yeah, the car was untouched, basically untouched. That's crazy. I could tell you, though, James Dean was the man with this car, though. I yes. mean, he was going to every function, every party and just it's like just, he had stock and Porsche. Yeah, now I could see where this American Gigolo thing came from. Because honestly, like, yo, my man James Dean was GQ'd, and then he was jumping out of that Porsche. My man was definitely doing it. I don't know if you mentioned this before when we were on the air or when we were talking about this before we, we, we came on, on the air, but he only had one film while he was alive that yeah. actually came out. And mm -hmm. then the two other films came out after he was alive. So what's really sad about this story is, like, you know, that was, like, his, his little... Um, reward to himself you know like everyone thinks about if you win the lottery or if you make it or you have some sort of windfall what are you going to do what's the first thing you're going to buy for yourself and it was basically this poor spider that james dean was like i finally made it now i have a nice car and in the story you heard alec guinness who played obi-wan kenobi bridge of the river Kwai, right. amazing actor he looked at the car and he was like dude if you if you keep driving around in that thing, you're going to be dead by next week. 
Yeah, that's sad. And it's really sad. Yeah, and yeah. It, and it's unfortunate, but at the same time, it, I don't know. With James Dean, he's such an iconic piece of Americana. It's just incredible to me his story because when you watch any sort of biopic, it, 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 he was in films and he it went by the script. The young, good-looking guy that has all this potential and then just this dies happened. in a blaze of glory. Yeah, that's crazy. What 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 was the number one thirty? Where did that come from? Did they say or? I don't. From what I read, they didn't mention exactly what the relevance what was of one thirty. But he had it painted all over that car. He had it on the doors. He had it on the hood. I don't know that one three. And Bad let's ju- and and let's just also mention the fact too that um, you know because Ricky had the idea for this story, I did a little bit of research on my own because I was intrigued and. James Dean was not just a regular young kid with who got a Porsche and wrecked it. James Dean, he was a race car driver. He drove that's how he got into movies. He was a race car driver. Someone spotted him on the racetrack, thought he had a good look. So he was an experienced driver. Um, and you know, unfortunately, if you believe the if you believe the curse or you don't believe the curse, sometimes even being a professional driver that may not save you from a freak accident or well there was, uh, race car drivers know. have cages and stuff i mean this thing that's was true like, this, this is, thing was a spider this is a I mean, road this thing car. Was a death trap right and it was a road car i mean that car, car. Th- i mean that car looked uh i mean that looked like that looked yeah i wasn't uh <laughs> that that i don't know <laughs> it wasn't even a convertible i mean it was a convertible but it was like just i mean it was a 55 wide open right it was just it was like open. it was wide open i mean man uh, he would never have a chance. No. And it and and outside of the the realm of celebrity, what it makes you realize is that and I and every now and then you it, it, it's almost like you you have to get into a fender bender sometimes to realize this how vulnerable. Oh, do you? Yeah, well, me, I mean, yeah, especially me. I'm like you have to be in a fender bender, which is every other week for me. But like how Yo. vulnerable you are in a car. That's why you got to. It's a responsibility. You got to be careful out there. I see guys flying around all the time like it's the Fast and the Furious. It isn't like that, you know? We, we, we're, when we're in our cars, at any moment, you can not only hurt yourself but other people. Yeah, so, Leo. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't Leo. want to mention anything. But no, so it's, it's, it's crazy because we were looking at another list of celebrities who passed away. And then Paul Walker is another one who died in a, in a yeah, Porsche as well. Young, yeah. Died young. Peace. Yeah, rest in peace. Exactly. And just... How many celebrities that have been their lives have been cut short because of automobile accidents? It, it was weird too because we kind of looked at you know when we were doing the research for this piece we kind of looked at other celebrities and you know they actually do have a list of celebrities who actually died in Porsches. Um, not too many people that are s- extremely well known, but we're still celebrities in some way. But uh, we also talked about that kid Ryan Dunn from the the, the TV and movie series Jackass. Jackass. Um, although he was drinking, um, that contributed, but it was still on a Porsche. So that was, you know. Yeah, he shouldn't be drinking. You can't drink and drive. No, you can't drink and drive, that's for sure. But when you mix, you know, alcohol, especially with a high-performance car like that. And those guys were, they lived life on the edge, and that's telling it lightly. But uh, even more importantly than that, when you talk about the Paul Walker incident, like here's a car that potentially had issues. They were. They said in the news, and that they wasn't under the influence. They were not under the influence. They weren't. No, under, but they were not driving, probably how they should have been driving. 
Let's responsibly. Just put it that way, responsibly, correct. So it, there's a lot of different factors that pl- that play into these type of things. So I guess w- the moral of the story is make sure you drive safe and uh, definitely don't drink and drive. Yeah, and, and again, another thing too, when we were at the auto show and I was looking at you know the, these high performance cars, look, they're that's the thing with high performance cars. They they you want to test what they can do, but at the same time, you put the 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 right or in certain circumstances, wrong high-performance car in the wrong hands of someone who doesn't can't exert control, it becomes a weapon. So you have right. to be responsible because you know, these machines are amazing feats of machinery. And I get that people want to you know turn them loose and be able to kind of push the limits, but uh, you have to realize that there's other people out there on the road, and you're not only endangering yourself but you're endangering other people so just within yeah, and, the limits and there's of, plenty of places that are out there to be to able track. to test yeah, yeah go to the there's track plenty of places to be able to test you know your vehicle out but more importantly i think you also have to know not only yeah you have a high performance sports car but you have to know what your limitations are as a driver you have to know how competent that how competent you are if you've never driven a high performance car and you just get in and you go you have no way of knowing what the car is going to do or what how you're going to be able to handle AK. it aka so, just pray that Ricky Bones never gets his hands yeah. on a high-performance car. Because sure. <laughs> we'll make sure he doesn't drive any of our customers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not, you know. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, got to drink responsibly and yes. definitely don't, don't drink drive. and drive. Yeah, exactly. don't drink and drive. But we're going to definitely do some more interesting stories in yeah. the future. I have a couple of uh, interesting ideas for other Tales of the glove box. Tales from the glove box. Ooh, they're not all going to be. They're not going to all be creepy like that. But they're definitely going to be stories that you know make you think and maybe things that you didn't know about. The two I'm, I'm thinking about doing is one on John DeLorean, the guy who owned DeLorean, and he got into a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> what spy cams? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one is uh, Paul Newman because Paul Newman has an interesting story that he was a huge race fan and he did some pretty incredible yeah, stuff yeah paul newman i think that'd be a great story so yeah. that'll be the next one paul newman paul excellent newman. so stay tuned for that all right so uh this was a great show because <laughs> we need to get ricky start editing <laughs> no no let's uh yeah can we do some sound effects yeah, oh we didn't do any sound oh we didn't do any sound yeah effects. we got next show we gotta do some guy, yeah come on dude like me we and did, ricky we and ricky are talking like last show bro. come on bro the applause like yo come on man you gotta do some bro this guy's doing just letting it talk make sure you tune in next week we have another great show oh thanks for the a little champagne for you. How about that? That was a little champagne. Listen, thank you. It was a good show. Jimmy, I think you got to start the sound effects a little sooner than that. But listen, everyone have a great Mother's Day. Enjoy if you're doing some barbecuing, watching TV, listening to music, or like me, I'm going to be going to the Yankee game. Take care. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Hey, if you want to stay connected to the show, follow us on your favorite social media accounts at We Unique Radio. Listen to new episodes of Unique Radio every week on SoundCloud. And make sure you subscribe, like, and rate us on iTunes. You can find us at We Unique Radio. You can check out all my updates, everything on my social, on Twitter and Instagram at I Am Will Castro.